that come along with that. We then, the next thing they did was that they set up the candelabras, the menorahs that were up high. And we discussed last night that there was 120 load per entire candelabra, not per light per candelabra. And then the next thing was that every single chatzar in Yerushalayim was lit up with, with the light of the Sabbath based Shreva. Now, there's light and there's light. So for instance, you know, tonight, uh, I think, uh, Yud, Tammuz, I think. So if it wouldn't be cloudy, which it's going to be, there'll be some decent moonlight outside. And you could probably see something. So that qualifies as light at night. And then there's other light. There's like operating room light. So what kind of light did the candelabras provide to every single chutzer in Rishalayim? So where it says, I'll tell you what kind of light. Tana, Isha Haisa Beireres Chitim, a woman would be able to sort wheat kernels, Lo'ar Shalbeis that she would be able to go through the wheat kernels and see which ones are good, which ones are bad, meaning the Gemara is saying you could do a fine, fine task with the light provided by the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, and that's how bright it was. Um, very quickly, Tysus discusses, hey, what are you talking about? Um, that's Me'ila, which means you're... you're not allowed to derive benefit from Hegdish. And this was bought by Hegdish's money. It's lit in Beis HaMegdash. But doesn't use it. So, Tysus marshals that. Tysus marshals that. That kol maravarech eim b'mishamiwa. That hearing voice, smelling a smell, and seeing a sight, one does not bring me'ila. So, for instance, a person is able to marvel at the beauty of the Beis HaMegdash. But says Tysus, that just means you don't bring a Megillah. But it doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. So Tysus modifies the Gemara. Tysus says, of course no woman would actually sift wheat using the light of the Simchas Beis HaShoeva. This is just a description of how bright it was that if a woman wanted to, she could technically, theoretically, with that light, sift Wheat. But of course, no woman would actually sift wheat using the Beis HaMikdash's light. That's off limits. The light for them is for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're saying it's not carbon. It's not part of an avoid. It's not part of Right, right. That, the torches, part of the light that, uh, torches aren't that high. The, the reason this is lit... Well, all the light together within the Yushalayim, Yushalayim is not that big. I'm saying, you know, it's a... Yeah, but no, it doesn't come with the torches they were juggling. No, 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 these things were 50 to 100 feet high. The torches are not going to get light, but they're not, you know, like... Uh, the parents. I don't want to take two. So you could say the parents. Now it's all yours. If I didn't do this every night, because the night of years that he did this, you wait for that night to use the light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you do it purposely. Yeah. Barely touched it. <laughs> okay. Chasidim and Anshe So Rashi says, Rashi will say, a chasid. Okay, we'll get to that in a sec. We'll get to that in a sec. Tarabam. 
you had two kinds of chesidim making two kinds of announcements. I mean, Aram and Zalman. You had two kinds of chesidim making two kinds of announcements. Yesh mehenaimrim, some chesidim said, Ashrei yalguseinu, we're lucky that our youth shalei baisha es ziknaiseinu. Our youth did not embarrass our old age, which means you have a person who's an old man, and Marshall speaks out that the Marshall speaks out what, that not only old men would give praises, also young men would give praises. But the chiddush is that even old men would give praises because usually by the time a guy is an old man, he has you know is nothing important to say. He's not current. We say on the contrary, these older men were as current as ever and had timely messages. So some old men would proclaim, we're lucky because our youth did not embarrass us in our old age, which means we have a clean record. At a ripe old age, we can say that we did nothing in our youth to embarrass us now in our old age. Says Rashi, Elu That's what it means Rashi says, the definition of a chassid, second line Rashi says, kol chassid, have a chassid The definition of a chassid is somebody who was a chassid all along. There is no such thing as an agamach the chassid. You mean that night? No, their whole life. Meaning... No such thing as the word. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about the definition of the word chassid. I mean, that, we're explaining the word in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, chassidim van shemaisa. The Gemara says, what are chassidim? Chassidim are people that are able to proclaim, lucky are we, that our youth does not embarrass our old age. Rash says, that's the definition of a chassid. A chassid is somebody who was a chassid all along. And people that were unqualified to make that kind of proclamation, some say, lucky is our old age, that at least we are able to atone for our youth. Some people, when they're old, can't proclaim I was perfect my whole life, but my old age atones for my youth. That's about tshuva. So both people have what to be proud of. Either you're proud that you were good all along, or you're proud that you're able to do tshuva in your old age to rectify your young years. And they both can say together, the lucky is somebody that never sinned, but somebody that did sin, he should immediately do tshuva, and they will forgive him. So that is one kind of speech that went on at the Simchas Pesachari. They said about Hillel, <coughs> when he was being Mesamech at the Simchas Pesachari, he would say as follows, if I'm here, hakol everybody's here. And if I'm not here, Mikan, who is here? So, one thing is clear, one thing is clear, Hillel was not talking about himself. He wasn't saying, I'm the man. If I'm here, it's all good. If I'm not here, it's not good. Rashi learns, Ani is talking about the main Ani, Hashem. And Hillel is saying, 
Imani Khan, if Hashem is here, Marsha speaks out gorgeous, Hillel is Bigamatria Alef Dalad Nun Yud. So Imani, if me, meaning Hillel, meaning Gematria, Alef Dalad Nun Yud is here, if Hashem is here, Hakol Khan. So, what? <laughs> the Chassidim say that. Marsha lived in Poland. So the, the Rashi learned that Ani is referring to Hashem, and what Hillel is saying is, wherever Hashem is, that's where everything is at. Everything exists within Hashem. And here at the Sefer's Beis Shreva, where Hashem's presence is so felt, everything is here. Tysus and the Marshal learn, Ani is going on me, but in the royal sense, we. If Klal Yisrael is here, then Hashem comes to us. So if we're all here, like by Simchas Beis Hashoeva, on Sukkot, when everyone was Eilorego, when all of us are Eilorego, the Ani of Klal Yisrael is here, then Hakol Khan, then everybody, everybody is here. If I'm not here, meaning if Klal Yisrael is not here, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't bother coming, then even the Beis Hamigdash is not something special. Meaning the Beis Hamigdash is special because there's Hashra's Hashchina. If we're not here, Hashem's not here. So if we're not here and Hashem's not here, what's here? So basically, both Pshatim and Imani Khan Akolkan are agreeing that it means HaKadosh Baruch The question is just, what is the exact definition of Ani? Rashi defines Ani as Hashem. And Taisus defines Ani as Klal which brings Hashem, but they both agree. <laughs> Hillel used to say very similar. <laughs> he would also say as follows. <laughs> to the place I love, <laughs> there my legs, <laughs> take me. My legs automatically are autopilot. They know how to take me to where I love to go. As if to say, Hashem says, if you come to my house, and the Avail Beisach, I'll come to your house. Which is very similar to Tysus' chat in the last Gemara. Says Hashem, if you do not come to my house, then I'm not coming. Hashem says, I'm not going to come to the Beisach if you're not there. Then I'm not going to come to your house. Which, like Tysus, it's saying the same thing in other words. And like Rashi, it's a, it's a new thing that a Baruch Baruch only says he's going to come if we're there. And that's what it means in the Pasuk, Shenemra, like it says in the Pasuk. Any place they mention my name, I will come to you and bless you. Continues the Gemara. And I think the connection is that everything is a cycle. If we go to the house of Hashem, Hashem will come there. If we don't go, He won't go. That everything is cause and effect. Continuing with cause and effect, Hillel says another member of Hillel, all these are in Perkyavis. Afhu, so to he, Hillel, Ra'a once saw Gilgalus Achas, a skull, Shetzafal Penehamayim, that was floating on the water. And Hillel said to the skull, Amalei, you know why you were killed? I mean, obviously you were decapitated. You know why you were killed? Al Atfis. Because you killed Atfuch. You got killed. But don't worry. Umetufayech. 
those that killed you, Yitufun, will be killed in, will be killed in turn themselves. I, I, I didn't see this anywhere, but I think the connection is is that this is a very graphic way of saying what goes around comes around. <laughs> the last Gemara was, okay, you want HaKadosh Baruch to be part of your life, so then you've got to go to Bismarck. You've got to make HaKadosh Baruch Hu the correspondent time. Everything is a Galgal HaChazer. Everything is a give and take and an action and a reaction. The ultimate action and reaction, the ultimate Galgal HaChazer is you murder, you get murdered, and your murderers will get murdered too. Unless you do Juba, of course, right? It's the Juba. That's not like one. Yeah. But that's like one of the On the topic of <clears throat> on the topic of your legs <laughs> taking you to where you have to go is a fascinating Gemar. A person's legs. Inhun Arvinbe. They are responsible for him, like an Arev. And Arev, if the guy doesn't pay back, you go to the Arev and say, you owe me some money. A person's legs have a contract with a Kaddish Baruch. The Kaddish Baruch says, legs, you bring this guy to where he needs to die when it's time. Because as we will see in this Gemara, a person not only needs to be at the right time to die, can't die before your time, <laughs> A person needs to be in the right place to die. And theoretically, as we'll see in a second, if a person does not go, I mean, we obviously don't know, like we get tricked into this, but if a person would theoretically avoid going to where he can die, he can avoid dying. Isn't there a famous story or Gamar like the city of, uh, was it Wood, that he, that's right here? So, we'll get there in two seconds. I know good, good sushta. Good sushta. This is not one of those, like, you know, your parents didn't tell you that, like, a bedtime story. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell my kids, like, the story, and, like, you know, the Aid story, and the Golia story. Your parents tell you, like, if you go to Lowe's, you don't die. You get tricked to God in Lowe's, haha, you die. Anyway, so. <laughs> a person's legs, they are, so to speak, a guarantor of his death. And the person's legs are responsible. They have like a wink, wink, nod, nod with the Rebbein Shalom. Then the original says, listen, you, you're, you better be on my team. When this guy has to die, you got to get him to that place. You got it? Otherwise, why, why did they say legs and not his mind? <laughs> it means his <laughs> body, yeah. La'asar. To the place, tamon, that he is requested there to die, they bring they bring him. In fact, hanhu tarti these two kushim. Now that means black people. But the marsha explains that them being black is very important because the marsha says. They were so beautiful. And that's why Shlomo, we'll see in a second, miscal miscalculated. So these two black servants of Shlomo Amel. Yeah, well, which Rashi is talking about? Right, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, Rashi is the but the Marsha says that this is what led to Shlomo's miscalculation. 
the fact, yeah, the fact that the Gemara is not saying black as a as a derogatory. Are you saying that they're saying black as hada? Yes. Yes. That's it can be. That's it can be. Can be good. Yes. Yes. No one's saying the look of a kushi is bad. It's the meanest. Probably a take of the market. Oh, Esther, because you won't depend. Depends where? Depends where it came from. So these people probably came from. <coughs> source for black so it was expected to be, but you know, black. So, these two black guys, the Abakaim and that used to stand in front of Shlema, in fact, they had jobs, we'll see in a second. Eli Kharaf Their names are Eli Kharaf and Achia Benesh Haisha. That was their last name. Saif from the Shlema have. They were court scribes. They were seifrim of Shleim. Yumachan, one day, Chazgil HaMavis, Shleim saw the HaMavis, Then he was looking all depressed and sad and nervous and agitated. Amalei HaMayat Sivis, HaMavis, why are you in such a bad mood? Amalei, Dekabo Minay, Hanitarti Kushai, because they requested of me, which means he had every day there's HaMavis as a shopping list, and uh, I'm like, you know, and says, go fetch me, you know, these three guys here, these five guys there, and this is what I want you to deliver by the end of the day. So Malchamah says, these two guys are on my shopping list today, <laughs> and um, I'm having trouble getting them because there were these kushim, the Yasvi Hacha, that are sitting here, and, and, I, um, and I'm not going to kill them here. Just like we said in the last Gemara, that the Malchamavis is only able to kill a person at a certain time, which means on any, you know, this is for sure true, this is unarguable upon. You cannot die by the Malchamavis if it's not your time. No one argues on that. Whether or not another person could kill you if it's not your time, that's a big, 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 big machlekes. But if, the, if it's not your time, the Malchamavis can be no way. People could die. Tzamachlekes. Tzamachlekes. The Gemara says, and also the Gemara says in Ksubis that like, <laughs> when a person is choked, the Malchamavis then comes and drops two drops of Samba in his nostrils and he dies. So the Gemara says, well, you ask what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I mean, it's if, if a Balbachira, theoretically, the Yeshiva shares all say you can't get killed even if you're, if it's not your time. <laughs> Which means, you know, if it's not your day, you never know, so don't try this at home. But it, a bullet won't hit you. But like the the Balimach, the Ramchal, the Maral, the Rambam all say that a Yid's Bechira is able to kill someone who shouldn't have died. But the Malhamad is for sure, there's people on the protective list. <laughs> right. Meaning, isn't there a story in the Maral, like Malhamad is asking, you go to a person with the wrong name and say, oh, what's the next Gemara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, ask Weimer. <laughs> yeah, That's but the wrong, the wrong Miriam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the Gemara asks, what about her years? Gemara says they have to repay her years. Gemara asks, that. That's Gemara's next touch, right? <laughs> that story, I don't know. <laughs> Your parents have to update. They, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so. Shlaim HaMalach wanted to save these guys. Masrinhu l'si'irim. 
Shlomimalach gave him over to the Shedim, because if you remember from the Mark Hawimer book of spooky stories, Shlomimalach ruled over the Shedim as well for a period of time, and therefore he bossed the Shedim around and said, hey, you Shedim, Zirim, take him, Shadrinu l'mechuzah d'luz. Bring him to mechuzah of Luz. But for this guy, mechuzah of Luz was his address to die. For most people, it's not. It's usually a safe city. It's usually, um, what do they call it? Yeah, it's usually a sanctuary city. But for this guy, for these guys, it wasn't. So Shleim HaMelech like sort of was duped, meaning he thought he was saving them, but he actually sent them to their death. So he didn't realize they were safe where they were at. Yeah, notice had he, had he just like told them, sit tight, they would have survived this whole thing. Or had he told them, go to Baltimore, they would have been fine. He told them to go to Mechuzah de Luz because that's known as a city that no one dies in, but that happened to be their address. Kimata de Mechuzah de Luz, Shchivu. The gate, right? Yeah. Because yeah, if you would have made it in, you would be okay. So, Lamachar, the next day, Chazim Alachamavis, Shlema Melech Salam Alachamavis, Davakabadach, that he was in a really jolly mood. What are you so happy about? The place where I was a Ba'asra, the place, that was asked of me, there you sent them. Thank you very much. So I'm laughing that you didn't just like enhance my bad mood. You did mamish my bidding. In other words, he's laughing because it wasn't a shot you just re- had. I just needed them out of your palace that you could have stopped my bad mood. But you did much more. I needed them to be in a specific place. So not only did you stop what was upsetting me, you mamish delivered me on a silver platter what I needed. So now I'm laughing. Because so, you mamish did my bidding. You didn't just not stop what I was doing. You mamish did my bidding. Yad Pasach Shlema, at that point, Shlema opened up his mouth and said, Va'amr, and he said this, Ragloi person's legs, Inu Arvin they are Arevim, they are co-signers, guarantors, La'asr to the place that he is needed, Tamar Malichan Yasei, there they bring him. So that was just like, uh, we got off uh, on a tangent about Hillel's speech. Um... You know, I'll stop here. I'll say more. So we're all very familiar with the most famous line in this week's parsha that in the third set after. Bilaam was hired, and Bilaam was supposed to curse Klai Yisrael, and he didn't curse Klai Yisrael. On the contrary, he blessed them. And in three attempts, when Bilaam tried cursing Klai Yisrael, each time it turned into a brach. The last set of brachas, which we know is real nevuah, that's the nevuah that Bilaam is known for, before Bilaam gets into his brachas, he makes an observation which ostensibly leads into the brachas. And he says, 
How beautiful is Klal Yisrael and the way their tents and their camp is set up. We know the Gemara Babasra says, Shlekivnu the doors are not facing each other, and therefore they're able to leave, lead private lives. And that's what Bilam's observation. Immediately upon that observation, he launches into his brachas. And he says, They will be like flowing rivers. Like gardens on the river. Planted with sweet-smelling spices. And like tall cedars on the water. Three items, three items Bilam blesses Klal Yisrael with. After observing flowing rivers, sweet-smelling gardens, and tall trees. What is the common denominator? What's the thread that connects these three items? Flowing rivers, smelling gardens, and tall trees. And why is this a bracha based on, on Bilam's observation of what these three items share in common is, is that they're all able to project their influence great distance away. The Mississippi River, its mouth is in Minnesota, and it empties into the Gulf of Mexico. A river that has its roots way, way, way at the Canadian border is able to affect St. Louis and New Orleans. That's an ability to project. <coughs> a sweet-smelling item, you could have like the psalmbach <laughs> in one corner of the room, and in the other corner of the room, it still smells. You could have chong in one corner of the room, and it smells two doors down. You could have an effect. You could project a smell. And finally, a tall tree, a tall tree can project, can be seen from a great distance away. What Bilam is saying is something that's very, very counterintuitive. You want to project too far away. You want to have far-felt influence. You want to be able to affect things a great distance away. One would think the way to have influence far and wide is by focusing on who you want to influence. What do they want to hear? What do they want to see? How can I affect them? Do study groups about what they want. Do focus groups. Think about your target audience, and that would be the best way to affect them. Says Bilam, no. You know what gives Klal Yisrael this bracha of the ability to project influence far away? They're not focusing on what's going on in the other guy's tent. They're not focusing on the Stutzach Bayaner. They're not focusing on keeping up with the Joneses. They're not focusing on how do I impress so-and-so. On the contrary, their doors are misaligned. They have no idea what's going on. You know what you're doing? They're focusing inwards. They're building themselves. They're focusing on themselves. They're doing what's right for themselves. They're taking care of their families in their own ayahal. They're doing what's good for themselves, building themselves from within. And that leads to ka'ahalim, k'nechalim, ka'arazim, k'nechalim. That's what leads to the ability to project and the ability to influence. What's fascinating is, 
this entire parsha, Bilam is basically rueful. He's wistful that, ah, I wish I could have done it differently. Bilam said on himself that he wished he could have been like the Ovis. He wished he could have died. Thomas Bilam wished that I could have been like the Ovis. But it didn't turn out that way. Why? You know why? There's a passage in the beginning of this week's parasha. It says that Bilam was riding his donkey and the donkey was squeezed and the donkey stopped. The Torah says, why did the donkey stop? Goder mizel, goder mizel. The Medrash observes that Akash Baruch was sending a message to Bilam. You're stuck because goder mizel. You're not going to be able to affect the people that got the luchais that were nechtavim mizeh u mizeh. The terrorist contrasting Bilam, you're stuck because you're trying to fight against the people that had the luchais that was written through and through. What's the message the terrorist is trying to tell him? The message is, I heard this from the Talmud Rebbe, that there's a big cash in this week's parsha. Bilam was on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Bilam had higher level of Nevoa than Yermio and Yeshaya and other. Bilam was on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. So how is it that somebody who had the highest level of Nevoa, Mamash like Moshe Rabbeinu, was the lowest human being? How could it be that Bilam Arasha had equal Nevoa to, to Moshe Rabbeinu and yet was the lowest of the low? The difference is are you built from within, or are you just given a gift from without? We know from the Silas Yishar that Zrizas may be the Zahir, Zahir may be the Precious Precious may be the Kedusha, Kedusha may be the Rachesh, Rachesh brings to Nevoa. The way our Nevi'im are built, they're built from within. They first work on themselves, and then they become perfect human beings, and they have an ability to project outwards. Bilam was given his ability in a flash. He didn't work on it. What happens when you don't work on something? You're unable to project it. Bilam had no effect on his subjects. Bilam was never able to change anybody. Bilam was an ineffective Navi, even though he had the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the message the Torah is trying to tell him. Bilam, you're, you're boxed in. You can't project because you're going against people of the Luchais, that the Luchais are through and through. The Luchais are built from within. <coughs> the Luchais have the Kayach within them. They're not just boxed in from without. That's the message the Torah is telling Bilam. And now we have mirror images. We have bookends. On one end, you have Bilam Harasha, who had the highest level of Nevoa, but was unable to communicate it. You know why? Because it was built from without and not built from within. Bilam Chaptis, when he gave Kali Saul Bracha, he gave him a Bracha because of Matayvu, because you build yourself from within, because you're not focused on Yanner, you build yourself from yourself, you're able to have the effect of rivers, of trees, of sweet smelling Besamim, and you're able to project on others. Okay, we are. We are up to we are up to the middle of the wide lines on Nun Gimbal Aleph.
So just a reminder of how we got into this. So we started the fifth parak with the Simchas Beis Shrevet that the Khalil is played all either you know all weekday nights, which sometimes is a five night year if there is a Shabbos on Chalamayd. Sometimes a six night year if there's no Shabbos on Chalamayd. And then, you know, we discussed each each part of these Simchas Beis So the first thing that they did in the Simchas Shrevet, I mean, in the beginning parak we discussed. What Kaylee, what the Kaylee were made out of. Um, we discussed the addition of the Ezra's Nashim. Then we discussed the lighting of the candles. We got into a discussion of the Yetzirah for a while by the Ezra's Nashim thing. And now we're going through the actual Simchas Beis HaShoeva. So on Thursday night, we discussed um, all the members of Hillel. And we got a, a little bit off track because Hillel said some things that he didn't say about Simchas Beshreva. Now we get back to the actual Simchas Beshreva. So the Gemara says in the middle of the wide lines on Nim Gimel and Aleph, Tanya, it's smack in the middle. I can't describe it any better than that. Tanya, Amru Alav Al Rab Shimon Ben Gamliel. They said about Rab Shimon Ben Gamliel, Kishaya Sameach Simchas Beshreva. When he, when he was misamech at the Simchas Beis Hashoeva, Hayanaydal Shmeina Avukais Shalar, he took eight torches of flame, took eight flaming torches, Vizayrek Achas, Vinaydal Achas, and he threw one, and he caught one, Veinanaygis Zubizu. And they didn't touch each other. So the Gemara says that Shimon and Gamliel juggled. Which is, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. But like, really? That, that's what it's here to tell us? And why eight? Why eight? And, you know, obviously juggling means you're not holding anyone when you're holding the other. That's what juggling is. And also, what does it mean they didn't touch each other? Yeah, because if they would touch each other, they would fall. And like the act would be over. So, obviously, something more is going on over here. By the way, the record is only seven. Seven torches. Seven torches. That's a pretty good number, eh? In the Guinness Book. Oh, the record for torches is seven? seven. Oh, oh, it's like, it's like, oh, seriously? If he's right, my, my whole shingle tire is dead. The Barshem. Oh, you mean in like Hanukkah state? Like yeah. They didn't know it was tomorrow. So Kenza, don't do some eight eight. You know that's the They did it with eight. But um, so there's you know everyone knows the Yaakov and I got it. This so there's a parish on the bottom of the Yaakov called the called the Anaf Yosef. Anaf Yosef. And he says this is beautiful. This is going. This is symbolic. We know that Tyre is represented by fire. And he brings a Gemara that says there are eight parts of Torah. And they, those are Mikra, Chomish, Mishnah, Talmud is Gemara, Agada, which is uh, Shragi, a whole other section of, of Limud, Agadata, Shmuais, which are Halachas Psukais, which means straight up Halachas. We're not going to hack the Lamdas now, we're not going to hack the sources now, straight up Halacha. When you put on your shell, yeah, you make a bra like this, like that's Halacha. Then, Mohamtashal Taira, this is a Gemara he's quoting, that there's a branch of Taira called Mohamtashal Taira, which is not Halacha, not Gemara, 
the the essence of discussing it and hashing it out is in and of itself a branch of learning. Meaning it's not an exercise to achieve a muscle, it's a different branch of learning. It's it's a branch of learning just the the dealing with it and the back and forth and the give and take and the discussion, the Malcham to Shul Taira. What we're doing right here. And finally, the last two is Maiseberatius, which is one part of Kabbalah and Maiseberkava, which is another part of Kabbalah. Those are the eight parts of Taira. Says Danaf Yasef, what's going on over here is the Prim is showing that there are eight individual flames of Taira and none of them touch each other. And that's the symbolism of the Gemara. That each one a, is an independent flame, and B, doesn't need each other. And you have an independent part of Torah, which is its own part. Not, one is not an exercise to get to the other. Each one is an independent goal. And that's what Rabbi Shem is showing us, the greatness of Torah, that there's eight parts of Torah independent, that you do not hold one while you hold the other. They are separate disciplines, and that is the that's the symbolism of what Rav Shimon Gamliel is showing us here. You see, you have to have eight. You see, you have to twirl eight, so that you have to have it all in it. Well, if you're a gullah, like Rav Shimon Gamliel, I mean, like, some of us, like, we're lucky if we get Mikra. You know, like, it's like, uh... Mm-hmm. That's how the Meyer's eight came with Lawson. Thanks, Lamar, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Says the Gemara Viter. You didn't know? No, And when he bowed, he did a special kind of bowing, which, you know, we know there's, uh, you know, a Pasuk, Vayikoid Ha'am Vayishtachvu, or some people know, Ekoid Ekoid Al Api. So the act of Kida is a kind of bowing that the only part of your body that bows is your face. Now, if you think about that, how do you achieve that? The only way to achieve that I don't know yet who you could do this, is it's even less tenuous, or more tenuous, less firm than a handstand. Because a handstand, you actually have your hands on the ground. So your hands are on the ground. So wouldn't it make sense to say, or you stand literally only on your thumbs for support, and only your face touches the ground says the Gemara, and that is the bow that Rav Shem Gamliel would show at the Simchas Beis Shreva. Ukshem Ishtachve noyets shtei goy He would plant his two thumbs ba'aretz in the ground v'seicha and bend v'noyshik esharitzpa and kiss the floor. The Mepharshim explain that we say, um, like we say that the rocks of Yerushalayim, that's why Rabbi, Rabbi Yudah Hasid used to kiss the rocks. Tzakim of the Pasuk, Ves Avoneho Yuchaynenu. Kirotu Avadech Has Avoneho. Continues the Gemara. V'zaykev, and he would straighten up, he would do a total handstand, but only on his thumbs. V'en kolberia yuchaylalasayz kein, and no one can do this. V'zuhi kida. And this is the famous bow called kida. Levi Achvi Kida. Levi once demonstrated Kida, Kamei de Rebbe, in front of Rebbe, Ve'itla, and he became paralyzed. Because... Where did they, where did they do Kida? Not now, but Stamazet is a... Uh... You know, it's, in the Pasuk it's mentioned every once in a while, and they used to like, show it off at this 
Simple as the trays. We have uh, somebody's mentioned Pasik that no one's really able to do with that. It's a good siren myra. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lost Hoffman. You know, I, I doubt Rav Shimon Gamliel was like an athlete. It, it's like a Hoffman. He probably wasn't able to do it. Like no. Right. An like, athlete. Right, right. Yeah, like, you know, like, he did it, like, not athletically. Yoda? Says the Gemara. <laughs> a yoga. I thought he said Yoda. <laughs> also. The Yoda could do it. <laughs> <laughs> says the Gemara of Itla, and he got paralyzed. Says the Gemara, that's not why Levi got paralyzed. Levi got paralyzed in a different mice. Vahagarmale. That's what causes paralysis. Vahomer Ablazer. Ablazer says, A person should not shoot words at Hashem. Don't talk with chutzpah to the Rebbeinu Sharei Adam Gadol, because once a great man, you know, you don't think like, uh, only because you're not great, even a great man, Levi, once shot words to the Rebbe Nishlelem. Sharei Adam Gadol, Tiyav Dvarim Klape Mala, Ve'itla, and he became paralyzed. Umanu, and what's his name? Levi. So you're telling me that Levi's paralysis is a result of his showing Kida. It's not true. His paralysis is because he, sh- he, he shot words at the Rebbein Shalom. Rashi says, he said to the Rebbein Shalom, you, me- you made the world, and then you go back to the heavens, and you're not involved. You know, like, well, where are you when we need you? That was the, the words that Levi shot at the Rebbein Shalom. Rashi says, Alisa You're not taking care of us anymore. So says the Gemara, Hava HaGarma. I mean, that's not a stira. Says the Gemara, Hava Hagarmale. Which means there's always a reason why something's happen- something happens, and then there's the way it happens. The reason a person could, for instance, get in a car crash is not because he drove his car in the wrong lane. He drove his car in the wrong lane because he needed that Einish from the Rebbe So the Gemara says they're both true. The cause of Levi's accident may have been his handstand, but that's not why he became paralyzed. It's because he shot words at the Rebbe Says the Gemara, Levi, have a metayel kami derebi bitamni skini. Levi, metayel is like a lotion of like saunter, like chill. Like we use metayel as the like same word as a tiul, a tour. So Levi, I think the best way to translate, you'll tell me if the art school concurs, is Levi used to balance eight knives. Which is sport. 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 Okay, I mean, you can sport on your belt, which is no cuts, you know. Every hick has eight knives on his belt. So that's not cool. But like, so says, Levi, have a metal kame derebi, what I think, it's, it's a part of balancing. We see that from the next Gemara. In front of Rebbe with eight knives. Now, the Rashi, Rashi explains why Dafka Rebbe, because Rashi says Rebbe was the leader of Klal Yisrael, and he was so pained. It was on his shoulders, all of Klal Yisrael's tsars. So the Gemara says Rebbe would never smile. Rashi says, in fact, the day Rebbe would smile, troubles would come to the world. Not that it would be bad if Rebbe smiled, it's just that he was constantly inundated. With Klai Yisrael, Tsaras, he was the leader of Klai Yisrael. See, Pasha, you can't smile. 
how are you supposed to smile? He knows about every sickness and every shalom bias problem and every uh, anius problem and every kid problem. So how's he ever smiling? So they purposely tried to be misamech in front of Rebbe that on Yom Tevchach he should have a little relief from all his, his, all his pressures from being the God of Adar. So he used to balance eight knives in front of him, which some people would cause me more nervous, but apparently it caused Rebbe to smile. Well, if you're paralyzed and you balance eight knives, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shmuel. Doesn't say if it was before or after. Okay. Lady, uh, oh, you're right. It was Lady, you're right. Shmuel, maybe he got healed from the paralysis. <coughs> Shmuel, Kame Shvar Malka, Shmuel would, you know, also entertain in front of Shvar Malka. Shvar Malka is a Persian position of leadership. So it was, it's, like a good, it's like the um, chief rabbi. So sometimes Shvar Malka was a good guy because they appointed the right guy. Sometimes Shvar Malka was a bad guy. So you have Shvar Malka in Gemara. Sometimes it was a, in this case, obviously it was a good person. Doesn't, you know, just because you're chief rabbi and the government appointed you, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Chief rabbi was king. He was not king. He thought he was king. Huh? Malik Parasite. So I'm wrong. There you go. Fine. Malik Parasite. Fine. So, says the Gemara, he used to entertain him, Betamnia Mazgi Hamri, with eight full cups of wine, and he didn't spill. So, you know, that was his, uh, his entertainment. You know, like Rebus, when you train to be a Rebbe, one of the things they teach you is how to, like, chocolate a chasana, and not spill the cup. It's like, it, it's like a very big challenge. And, like, that's how they test you. you no, you're not a Rebbe. Yeah. <laughs> Look at your hands. Um, says the Gemara. You think he does, huh? Yeah. <laughs> also, eight cups. Eight cups. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the eights. Right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Vada eight is the theme. The Anafiyas is done saying, but I assume you're 100% right all in extrapolating. Was exactly. But, um, and Abaya, Kame, the Rabba, Abaya used to entertain in front of Rabba, Betamni Abay, with eight raw eggs. And, like, you know what'll happen if he drops one. But Amrile, some say Ba'arba only four eggs, which, you know, that's what the Anafiyas is stopped talking about that. Tanya, Omar, Rabbi Shuban Hananya, says Rabbi Shuban Hananya, who was a Levi Rashi, says, and he worked in the Beis Amigdash. So this is first-hand testimony. Kishayinu Smeichem, Simchas Beis HaShoeva. When we used to celebrate the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, Le'ireinu Shina, we did not see sleep. The schedule was so packed. On Cholomite Sukkis, we never saw sleep. We never saw sleep in our eyes. How? Sha'arishayna, the first hour, the crack of dawn, Tamit Shoshachar. They brought the Tamit. Misham Latfila, then they daven Shachris. Misham Lakarbin, which this Gemara is important, you know, like, it's not clear the evolution of our Tfila when exactly we started. This Gemara clearly says that they davened in the Beis Hamigdash. So davening is not just a makeup carbon because they just brought a carbon and then they daven. Yeah, yeah. Rabbi Shuvah Hanani is by Shem. Yeah. 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 It was before the. It was in between the first and second. Yeah. Right. 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 So they. Huh? 
No, you'll see it's tefillah. You'll see. Um, that it, it never calls halal tefillah. Misham tefillah, misham carbon musaf. Then we brought the carbon musaf. Misham tefillah is hamusafim. Then we davened musaf. Misham vesmedrish. Then we learned. Misham lachila v'shesia. Then we, you know, it was yontif. We had to eat and drink. Misham tefillah samincha. Then we davened mincha. Misham l'tamet shel ben arbayim. Then we brought the carbon tamet shel ben arbayim. So everyone, Sasemis and everyone else notices that that. By Shachris, they first brought the carbon, then they damaged Shachris. By Mincha, they damaged and then they brought the carbon. Why isn't it uniform? So the Sasabbath has his answer, but I saw another answer that there's a din in the Besamigdash. There's a din that the first thing of the day has to be the carbon Tamachal Shachar, and the last official Advaita has to be the carbon tamachal ben arbayim. So therefore, you can't do anything before bringing the carbon tamach, so chakras is after carbon tamach. You can't do anything after bringing the, the tamach shell, the tamachal ben arbayim, so therefore they damincha before they brought the tamachal ben arbayim. And Musaf. And Musaf, yeah, so I guess since we did chakras after the carbon, we do Musaf after the carbon, we didn't really explain Musaf. It's interesting that we say by mincha, the carbonus before the And we do by chakras. Right, but uh, that, that's the hepocha of the order. And that's yeah, I hear, I hear. Good point. Uh, good point. Why do you need both for though? Why do you need a carbon and a carbon. And it, could be the, and it could be the tefillahs for, for, you know, personal bakashas. Although it wasn't too long. If it was too long, it took the whole day, look. Where did me up? Says the Gemara, Misham the Tamashal Ben Arbaim, Mikan Me'elech, after the Tamashal Ben Arbaim, is L'Simchas Beis Shreva. We went straight into davening, into doing the Simchas Beis Shreva. Okay. So that was the schedule. So we mamish didn't get any sleep. So the says, one sec. Here's why you don't need that man, right? Good point. Good <laughs> Fine, all right. Now, I mean, I mean, there's a real answer. Right? I mean, we pass the Tulas Arvis Rishos, right? So Taisa says, what does Tulas Arvis Rishos mean? Tulas Arvis Rishos doesn't mean it's optional. It means that if you're doing another mitzvah, you don't dab mar. So here's a classic example. <coughs> so says the Gemara, so one second, you didn't sleep for five straight days, we know that that's impossible. How does that work? Says the Gemara, Eini v'ham Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says, Shvua shle'ishan shle'ishi yamin. If a person makes a shvua, that I'm not going to sleep for three straight days, 72 straight hours, Rashi's Mazbra the Lumbus, that is a physical impossibility. Which means you may want to do that, but what's going to happen at a certain point is your body is going to shut it down. And your body is going to make you sleep. So, so Rashi says, Rashi says, it's as if you swear that this is the Atlantic Ocean. It's not true. It's a wall. It's not an ocean. So when you swear at something that is inherently false, Rashi says the lumdus is because it's impossible. Your body's going to take it over. So Rashi Rizovsky points out, for instance, if I swear I'm not going to eat for a week, that's also impossible. But we don't give you malchus right away. You know why? Because you may do it. 
you may not eat for a week. You'll die in the middle, but I'm not going to give you malchus right away because I, it may happen. Mashain came, your body can put itself to sleep. Your body cannot feed itself food. So when you say I'm not going to sleep, it, it's, it's going to happen. You're lying. Because at a certain point, I don't care what you're going to be standing, drinking coffee, you know, drinking five-hour energy, whatever you're doing, at a certain point, your body's just going to collapse. So I know now you're saying a lie. It's as if you're saying, this is a lake. Mashenkin, if you say I'm not going to eat, it's just as impossible, just as dangerous, and in fact, just as deadly. But it's not going to happen. If, you, if you're committed to doing it, so you'll eventually die. It's not inevitable. It's not inevitable, right. So therefore, says Rashi, in that case, although... Everything else is the same. You're a liar. You have to eat. You're going to die. But it's not impossible. So we won't give you malchus right away. But here, it's like you're saying a lie. You are. You will sleep within three days. So that's the lumbus for the shvuah sugya. But the bottom line is, what you're saying is impossible. You said they went around for five straight days. Can't happen. Says the Gemara. Aini v'hamr b'yechanan shvuah shle if a person makes a shua that he's not going to sleep for three straight days, so we give him altar. And you know what? Once you paid your due to society, you can go to sleep right now. Your shua is canceled. You, you know, you're off the hook. So we see what you're saying is physically impossible. So Mar says, this is what he meant. We never tasted good sleep. Because what ended up happening is we ended up taking catnaps just to recharge, you know, power naps. We would doze on the shoulders of each other, which means that I guess that's what, you know, depending on how long they're in the Spanish world. So, when, you know, when they were sitting next to each other, they would hop a five-minute nap, and then, like, you know, you're good, you know, scientifically, you're good for another, another period of time, and then they would do that. So, what he meant was we didn't sleep well. We didn't sleep enjoyably. We didn't get geshmak asleep. The Gemara and the Dharma, Gemara and Shavuos, is talking about physically impossible. That, that we took care of. Okay, let's hop around a little chazar at the Mara. Oh, they hack about this. They hack about this. That was on tape. Something embarrassing. Okay. Yes, there was Donnie Greenwald once. He was in five towns. Yeah, he was in five towns. Oh. Chamesh Esrei Mayus. There were 15 steps. So continuing with the <laughs> process of the Silver Bits Shreva, so after they fixed that, this notion, and they had all the celebrations, so you know, we just, in one night, we just went through a whole Gemara about the two nights, about what they did at the celebrations, but that was obviously the Iker that took the most time. They then would go and have a procession to greet the water as it came into the Azar. So it says they descended the 15 steps. Amalei Rubchizda Laumer Abonan Rubchizda said to that rabbi, Davakamasadar Agadata Kame, who was in charge of organizing the Agadata Gemara. So, you know, Rubchizda had someone in his yeshiva who was a particular expert in Agadata. So, you know, when, you know, in those days they didn't have the Bangalan, so he asked this Rav, who was the Agadata specialist, he said, Let me ask you a question. Shmiel 
Did you ever hear something? These 15 Shir Hamalas. Dabra Melech said 15 Shir Hamalas. They ever say them after Mincha? Try you do that in the winter, right? Yeah, after Mincha and Shabbos, when there's no Payuk Shir. So, this is the summer also, the whole year, the whole year. So, the 15 Shir Hamalas were these steps are equal to the 15 Shir Hamalas. <laughs> where did David, why did David say 15 Shir Hamalas? Keneged me, Amram David. To whom did David say that? Yes, there is a member on this. Rabbi Yechonon said something about that. And he said as follows. When David HaMelech dug the Shitan. So, we had in the fourth parak that there were two pipes that went under the Mizbeach. So the Gemara says, when David dug the Shitan. So Rashi says, hold on. Rashi says, either, there's two options here, either this Gemara is committing to the <coughs> Shitan, the fourth parak, that the Shitan were man-made, and we're saying when David dug them, or, says Rashi, we don't have to commit, I'm giving you options, we don't have to commit to the Shita that the Shitan were man-made, they could have been made by Hashem, but in all the course of those hundreds and thousands of years, they got, like, filled in, so you sometimes have to like redig them out. Where are they? Huh? Where are they? They are the holes, the pipes that go down from the Mizbech that they pour the wine and the water into, and they go down into the ground. Now, how deep? Oh, Different God. story. Fifteen thousand. Oh, we're about to do that, Shai. Right? So, huh? I learned it already. Oh, oh you, you know? stop it. <laughs> 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 you don't have to do it every time. This is the whole year in the first guy. So, so says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So, Rashi gives either of those options. Mm. Anyway, so when David dug the sheep, Kafa Tahaima, the waters of the Tahaim, of the deep, started boiling up. And they were about to flood the world. I mean, David started up with the waters of the Tahaim, and the waters of the Tahaim, who were nicely <coughs> packed away, when David shepherded with them, when David reared them on, when David you know, touch them, he like hit a raw nerve, so to speak, and they started coming up to flood the world. Amr, David, Shira Milas, David said the 15 Milas, which means to Milas, means to raise, Vahiridan, and he lowered them. So the, um, the Gemara says that that's a lot. You shouldn't say Shira Milas to be married in. Says the Gemara, Yahi Shir Asar Achamesh is very mileless. The 15 Shir HaMilas, Yordais me by the way. They should be the 15 Shir HaYordais, the Shir of the descension, not ascension. Says the Gemara, oh, I forgot, I forgot part of the story. Says the Gemara, oh yeah. Amalei, Hayelvad Karten, once you reminded me, Hachi Itmar. 
This is the real story. Meaning, you're right, you're right, you're right. I skipped a step. You remind me. The way I said it didn't make perfect sense. You reminded me I skipped a step. Says the Gemara. Bishash Akar David Sheetan. Yes. When David dug the Sheetan, yes, the waters were coming up. Kafa Tahaima. The Tahaim was boiling over. Uva Lemishtafa Alma and wanted tribe attempted to destroy the flood the world. So David had a solution. His solution was Mi'ika Diyada. Is there anyone that knows? Is there anyone here that knows? Ishara Lemichtav Shem Achas. If it's mutter, permissible to write Hashem's name, Yudke or perhaps a different name, of a Kaddish Baruch on a piece of pottery and throw it in the water and destroy it, which means David knew the solution. I know, I know how to deal with this. You write a Kaddish Baruch's name on a piece of paper, you throw it in there, and it'll calm everything down. But I don't know if that's halachically permissible. <coughs> so David said, is there anyone here that knows this? In fact, Rashi explains, we'll see from the Gemara, David knew that it's permissible also. Just his Rebbe Achitaifel was in the crowd. And David was loath to paskin in front of his Rebbe. So therefore, he posed it as a question. Now, a lot of Mepharshim ask, what kind of question is this? What kind of question is this? If the world's going to get flooded, we're all going to die. Last we checked, Mikuach Nefesh is Deich all Averis except for Averizar Gilraish Vichazdam. So this shouldn't be even a halachic shaila at all. So what is David even, in other words, so fine, he, he knew the solution, he didn't want a paskin because it's a halachic shaila, Achitaifu was in the crowd. So then, why, well, what's the shaila? You ask this to a fifth grader, Mikuach Nefesh, you're allowed. It's Deich HaShab, it's Deich everything. So the, the best answer I saw, which is not awesome, is that for Chil Hashem, which destroying Hashem's name is, for Chil Hashem, then in, even Yaharik Val Yavr, the Gemara says, Chil Hashem, you should, be, you should get killed rather than be Michal Shem Shemayim Farhasiyah. So therefore, that was David Halach which means I know the solution. How is this destroying his name? It's on pottery, it's not a piece of paper. It's written by ink. It's not, it doesn't say carved, written by ink. It's erased. Um, so, Akitzer, so David knew the solution. You write Hashem's name and throw it in. He knew that it's Mutter because it's Yahar, because it's Yahar, Yavar, because it's, a, it's, um, it's to save the world. He just didn't want to pass it in front of his Rebbe. So says the Gemara, Mi'ika, is there anyone the Yoda that knows Ishari Lemichtav Shem if it's mutter to write Hashem's name on a piece of paper or a piece of pottery? and he threw it in the in the Umanach. And then it will it will let the world go. So Dov opposed the shadow, and the waters were getting higher and higher and higher. Leka de Karmele Media, and no one answered David. That was her Rabbi said, I need an answer. And no one answered him. Omar David, David said, Kol di Yadel 
Anybody knows how to say, anybody that knows the answer, the and doesn't say the answer, withholds from me the answer, should choke in his throat. I mean, you should asphyxiate to death. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't he pass it after the first statement when no one came up? Because his Rebbe's there. Why not Rebbe's there. Why not Hidev say anything? Okay, I didn't he want to say it. this. He hated Dovin. Well, I didn't want to say this, but Darchaner makes a, a beautiful Hedgen. <laughs> this is really in a far field, but you asked. Um, David, the fight between Achitaifel and David was about Naiv. David hid in the city of Naiv. And it caused, right, effect on the word cause, it caused Shaul to kill out the whole city of Naif. Achitaifel blamed David. Achitaifel blamed David. Achitaifel said, David, you're a murderer. You caused the whole city of Naif to get killed. David reasoned, no, I didn't. A gram, a gram is not an action. I didn't touch anyone in night. I didn't kill anyone in night. Shaul killed everyone in night. Well, I hid there and I caused him to get mad at them, so he killed them. I'm only a grom. He didn't have any ties on Shaul? Who? Achitav. I mean, yeah. Achitav, well, yeah, but you know, listen, you, uh, you, if you, you knew Shaul was going to react that way. So he was almost like let him, let him off the hook. Yeah, but you know, still, David shouldn't have hid there. Right. Hide yourself in a forest or hide yourself by the guy. Why are you hiding in the city of Kahana? So, David held Gram is not a mice. <coughs> Achitaifel held Gram causing something to happen secondarily is a mice. So, David said, Rabbi Isai, I'm going to take this paper and throw it in the water. I'm not going to erase it. It's going to get caused to be erased. Achitaifel, do you know the halacha? Achitaifel, do you know the halacha? Achitevel, can I do something that's not an Isser, but it's going to cause an Isser to happen? Achitevel, do you know the halacha? And Dov was like, I'm waiting. And Achitevel said, I don't want to answer because it's bad some but then I can't have time to send you. So Achitevel was keeping quiet. The world is about to be flooded, and Achitevel was standing on principle. I am not giving a heta for Gram because then he's going to be off the hook for knife. So Achitevel was like biting his lip. David was like, Come on! So David didn't really not ask originally because his rabbi was in the crowd. If he asked the origin because he wanted to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I, I, you know, I wouldn't it's bet my life on the shtickel tire. The Archonair says it. Right. You know, came up with another... Right, which he failed to say until he died. Then David, like, you know, didn't like Achitevo and we know the end. So by David not putting the chaspah in the thing... He did. Because oh, David said, you see, we pass the ground as much to watch this happen. But if he wouldn't, yeah. then he would cause the world right, right, yeah. uh, 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 to kill. Right. Everyone be killed so it's because of David. Yeah, he would have yeah. put it in the yeah. Yeah. It's same, a never-ending garage. Right, same thing. Well, there, exactly. Right. That, that's <laughs> the answer. You know, that's what Dora Khaner says well, to world, answer that. The world wouldn't have been flooded anyway. Did not Hashem say after the... Oh, oh, someone asks that. This so, um... This is the whole world? So, oh, <laughs> so someone t- I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Get to that in a minute. What should I get so this is a mice that he did, uh, the, the, the causing the marble. It was he, Hashem, Hashem. That's not He caused this marble. 
Hashem Right, 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 true. So finally, David, after the curse, after Tev said, okay, I got an answer, I got to talk. And he said, listen, there's precedent for this. There's precedent for erasing Kosh Baruch Hu's name. In fact, there's precedent in a lot smaller of a risk. Yet we still allow Hashem's name to be erased. When? When a saita, when a girl, a lady is a suffix saita, we have her drink the water. The water has a petek with Kosh Baruch Hu's name on it. And it gets erased. So we see over there that there's a chance of making Shalom bias. Because if the lady doesn't explode, then it exonerates her, and then she's mutter labayla, and it causes Shalom bias. So we see for Shalom bias of one couple, HaKadosh Baruch allows his name to be erased. This will cause a lot bigger problems than one couple Shalom bias. <laughs> Says the Gemara... Says the Gemara, Umalas Hashem Ishta, to accommodate Shalom between a man and his wife. Omra Tyra the Tyra says, Shmi Shenichtav Bekedusha, my name that was written Bekedusha, and therefore there's an Isra Teresi. Yumachalamayim should be should um, should be erased in water. Lasi Shalom Akolelim Kulei to make Shalom to the whole world. Alachas Kama Vekama. All the more so. So I, I forgot who asked this, but someone makes a deep. What do you mean, lots of shalom? There are a lot of bigger problems than shalom if the world gets flooded. So, so the Gemara says Eretz Yisrael was never going to get flooded because Eretz Yisrael is Gavaya Mikol Aratzis. So this would have caused a lot of anti-Semitism. That because David didn't drop the path again, all the Goyim got killed. The Yidden didn't. So we're not dealing. Who's left to hate? They're like the the, the, uh, well, the well, guest well, workers. Well, 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 why is it? Uh, <sighs> like a, a roll down. You know, yeah. Roll down valley will, will, will kill all the people. Yeah, right here. I'll give you an experiment. It's like the model. You're an experiment. The, 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 the black man will get flooded before I will because I'm on top of the chair. So, so someone said, you see, it's only a matter of making shalom because this would cause like just fights because not everyone would get killed. The people on the low-lying lands would get killed and other people wouldn't. So this is just a shalom issue. And therefore, that's why, that answers our first kasha, that's why it's not a pikuach nefesh issue. That's why David had a real shalom. So someone said this shtickle better. Says the Gemara, Shari. So they told David it's permissible, and that's what he did. Cost of Shemachaspa, he wrote Hashem's name on a piece of pottery, and he threw it in the depths. So now we understand everything, which means we understand how the water didn't get flooded. Where did Sheremal is coming? So the Shem being thrown in the Tahaim caused such an effect it caused the water table to go down significantly. V'nachas tahayma, and the waters of the tahayim went down, shitzer al-figurmidi, 16,000 amas. And therefore, the underground springs, the waters of the depths, were all of a sudden so deep, then, kichazi, the nachas tuva, 
When David and Melech saw that they went down too much, Amr Kamadamidli, as much as they're going down, Tfemir Tavalma, the world is going to dry up, which means the grass and the vegetation and the trees need some moisture in the ground. And if the water table is so much deeper than the ground, all the vegetation is going to dry up, so I'm in trouble. I threw the petek into the tahayim, and it prevented the waters from coming up, but it pushed them down way too much. At that point, David needed to raise the waters. So he had to say the shir ha-malis. He had to say the shir ha-malis. He said the 15 shir ha-malis. So the 15 mizmarim to get them to rise 1500 amis says the Gemara and then it was just 1000 amis deep which is the right level which is the right level says solid ground like Rav Kalman would say terra firma solid ground was, is, Alpha Gramidi, a thousand Amis, which means, if you like dig underneath you, it's a thousand Amis of, of dirt. Until you get, huh? 2,000 feet. Until you get to, um, yeah, until you get to an underground spring. Says, Gemara, what are you talking about? V'chazinan, dekarinan portav anafkimayim. We see that you dig a little bit and you hit water. You know, if, um, if you're not on city water, you have to have a well in your backyard. And like all they do is they come and they dig until they hit water. And like, you know, some people's uh, 15 feet, some people's 25 feet, some people's 75 feet. It's no one has to dig 2,000 feet till you get to a well. So says the more, what are you talking about? That David raised the water to 1,000 feet below the ground. And we see that the ground is 1,000 amas deep until there's water. It's not true. We dig all the time. Says the Gemara, Omer of Mesharshia, says her Mesharshia, Hahu Mesuloma de Pras. That's from the ladder of the Euphrates River, which means that in, in Iraq, in the bubble where the Gemara was written, and this is true everywhere else, the river has underground tributaries also. So when you dig in your backyard and you hit water, you're not hitting the real underground water. There is water deep, deep, deep underground. When you dig in your backyard and you're hitting water, you're not hitting the, the tahayim. You're hitting a tribute, underground tributary of your local river. And that is that Gemara, and that explains the shiramalis. But not so, the tahayim. But not the tahayim, right. Come on. Just questions that, first of all, why don't we, nobody ever dug that far down since in order to raise the time? What is going on over here? Oh, the time won't necessarily get, you know, it's not the shot like it's sealed and if we touch it, it'll shoot up. David digging it by the, by the sheet caused it to do that. But if you dig to the time, it won't necessarily flood the world. It's not that anyone that plays with the time causes the world to be flooded. Only David, who did it by the sheet, caused that to happen. Why? I'm saying, he dug, how, how far did he dig down by the, by the sheet? Till the time. 
Where's the time, by the way? The core of the earth. Where's the time? 16,000 amas. Ergen over 1,000 amas. So he dug 1,000 amas down by the Mizbeth. Oh, raised 1,000 amas. 16,000, whatever. He dug all the way down. Why do you have to dig all the way down to the, to the core? Because, because the, we said... That's where the mine We said by the, the Nisach HaMayim, it goes down till the Tahayim. So the sheet would have to be directly to the Tahayim. Here? It's not meant to be understood entirely, that's what we're saying. <laughs> so yeah, meaning, meaning, meaning in those, yes, there is one point of metaphysicalness in the Sephardim, <coughs> that if you dig in Baltimore till you get to Tahayim, it won't work. It won't. There's, you know, someone wanted to prevent the base Hamidah from being Just built. Just utility before you do. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Uh, but the, 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 someone wanted to prevent the base Hamidah from being built, obviously. And therefore, we're talking about the, the preparations for it, that's what happened. Okay. Let's finish the mission. Says the Gemara, they went to the tenth step. Now the Gemara wants to know, when you have 10 out of 15, what does that mean? Did they go down 10 steps and there's 5 left? Or did they go 5 down and there's 10 left? It says more, The 10th step, what do you mean? You went down 5 steps. And you're standing on the 10th step? Or perhaps it means you went down 10 steps. And you're on the 5th step. Take it, we, we do not know the answer. And finally, the last thing, when they got to the edge of the Azara, they turned around and faced the Kedesh HaKadoshim, and they said, this is different than our forefathers. Says the Gemara, Tanarabonon, Mimash Mashanemer, well, obviously, when, the, when it says in the Pasuk, Ufnei and Kedma, their faces were east. Eni Yedeya Shachreim Alhecha Hashem, it says that we are in contrast to our forefathers, that our forefathers faced east, which is out of the Beis HaMikdash, out of the Azar, away from the Kodshe HaKodshem and the Heichal. And obviously when you face east, your back is to the west. If I'm oriented right, and the Heichal, we always say, is going west, it's so going deeper and west. If you're facing away from it, you're heading east. Obviously, your back is towards the Heichal. That's just the way the geography is. So why does the Torah have to say that? Obviously, if you're facing east, your back is facing west, which is the Heichal. What does it mean that their backs was, were towards the Heichal? Malama, they didn't just face the Heichal, they revealed themselves, and they relieved themselves facing the Heichal. That's why it's a double ocean. They faced east, and their backs were towards the west, and they did an action while their backs were towards the west. And that's why it says this double ocean. Finally, says the Gemara, only the Kol the other opinion of the Mishnah was we are facing we are to Hashem and our Hashem and Hashem are and to Hashem are our eyes. So the Gemara picks up on a little nuance here. It says Hashem's name twice. And we know that there's an Isser to ever repeat anything referring to Hashem in Davening because you're giving the impression that you're Davening to two Rishuyas, to two powers, to two deities. 
So the Mar says, Aini, how can it say Anu Lakal Lakai Nainu? Vahamar Bzeira Bzeira said, Kala Aimer, Shma Shma. Anyone that says Shma twice, Iskiluimer Maidim Maidim. It's like he says, Maidim Maidim. And that's an Isser because you are saying you're, th- you're talking to two Rishuyas. And that's an Isser. So Mar says, No. Elahachi Kamar. Amri. Elahachi Amri. This is what they said. Heima Mishtachavim Kedma. We bow, they bowed east, and we to Hashem, and our eyes are facing towards Hashem. Now, there's many, many ways to learn this, and depending on how you learn this, has an afkimina in tefillah. So, so, the easiest way to learn this is. They bowed east. We bow to Hashem. I mean, we don't say that. You can't say Hashem twice. The first Laka is not talking about what we say. It's talking about what we do. That's how the, that's how the, the girl learns the Gemara. They bowed east. We bow to Hashem. Nothing about saying anything. And then... And then we say to Hashem, our eyes are hoping. So this is the most chamerdika way of learning the Gemara. This, this says that under any circumstances, you can't say a word twice. The other way to learn the Gemara is, no, you just put a comment, we're talking about two different things. We say, we are Tashem. And our eyes are at Hashem, which means you could say Hashem's name twice in a row. Just one is going on us bowing, and one is going on our eyes. The nafkamina about how you learn this Gemara is a big nafkamina. The way the girl learned is I don't care if you explain two words differently. The first one is going on bowing, and the second one is going on looking. You're not allowed to say the words together. The first one says the girl is a description of an action. The way the Archaner learns, they're going both on what we say, but since their intention is on a different action, that is okay. So you can say you can do this? Oh, oh. So um, it's like this. Very, very interesting. The Archaner says, the Archaner is a whole shit Archaner says, the whole issue to say Hashem or any word twice is beyond. This Gemara is going, the Gemara says, the Chassidim used to get up and say this. So they're like Yechid. But any time a Tzibur says something together, they're allowed to say Hashem's name, they're allowed to say Hashem's name twice. So, first of all, we say Shema, temper at night by Mila, we say Shema three times in a row. So, in fact, the Ramah asks on the Bach, the Ramah asks on this minute. So what? You're not allowed to say Shema twice. You, you are not allowed to go well, in the morning. You can't say Shema Shema. You can say Shema Yisrael and not say it again. Only with, only with a hefzik. How do you do that? So that's not talking about Hashem. It's saying, it, it's asking. We're, you're allowed to ask to Hashem many times, but you're not allowed to praise to Hashem. Paidu is praising Hashem. But word by word? Word by word is when it's also. Well, the Gemara says, like Hasha, word by word is mutter because you're stomach like, have like OCD. 
several times that they blew the shaifer. So we're now going to transition, you know, they reached this gate, they blew the shaifer, they reached these steps, they blew the shaifer, they went down a couple more steps, they blew the shaifer. So we're going to transition now into shaifer blowing in the base of English. So let's see if we can cover the mission a little bit more. We never went less, meaning on the most basic day in the Beis HaMikdash, we never went less. Ein person, we never dipped under, we never went less than 21 tekiyas in the Mikdash. Now, the number 21, and we'll see soon, there will always be multiples of three, because a tekiya, what we talk about a blowing, consists of a tkia true tkia. And that counts as three. So when we say over here 21, we're referring to seven times they blew the shaifer. And each of those seven consisted of three. And therefore we come to the number 21, which we'll discuss in the Gemara. And generally, generally, there's one exception that Gamal will bring later. Generally, we never exceed 48. There's one type of combination that you could exceed 40. Again, 48 being a multiple of three. So how do, where do you get these numbers and when did they blow Shaif? Bahal Yang, every day, standard day. Hayusham Esram Vahas Tkias Bimish. There were 21 tekiyas in the Mignosh. How did that work? There were seven gates in the Beis HaMikdash that, you know, when they opened up for business in the morning, they opened up seven gates. And at that time, they blew the shaifer three times, which means it consists of a series of tekiyas and tekiyas. So that was one time they blew when they opened up the gates. Vitesha litumid shall shachar, and nine for the tumid shall shachar. 
which means Rashi says, Rashi explains, that when they were bringing the Talmud Shachar was when the Levim sang the Shira. And every Shir Shal Yom, yes, even Tuesday, was divided into three parts. Every Shir Shal Yom was divided into three parts. Three Prakim, it's called in Rashi. So there were like three stanzas to how the Levim sang every day's Shir Shal Yom. And as part of each parrot, each stanza in the Shir Shal Yom, it got its own set of tkiyas, which really means tkiyah true tkiyah. And that's how they got nine, because they did it three times. Three times three is nine. And vitesha l'tamet shal bein arbaim. And nine more for the tamet shal bein arbaim. Now, the Archonar points out, Archonar points out that you see from here that they sang the Shir Shal Yoim at the Talmud Shal Ben Harbayim also. That they didn't just do the Shir Shal Yoim in the morning, they did the Shir Shal Yoim in the Talmud Shal Ben Harbayim also. Otherwise, why would you need nine? It's because there's three stanzas, there's three prakim. Three prakim in what? Three prakim in the Shir Shal Yoim. That was sang at at Tamit Shal Ben Arbaim also, which therefore begs the question, which therefore begs the question, how come we don't say the Shir Shal Yaim at Mincha as well? So, so truth be told, <laughs> truth be told, it's a, it's a hack in the place. And the answer more or less always revolves around the fact that, well, Mincha could bump into night, Especially if you say the Keteris after Mincha, which is some people's minig. So, so the Shir Shalyam at Mincha could go into night, then you don't say the Shir Shalyam at night. That's why we don't say the Shir Shalyam. But in the Beis HaMikdash, they did. Ube Musafin, and in the Musaf, Hayumaisifin Oiv Tesha. If there would be a Musaf that day, for instance, or Shchairish, or Shabbos, or Yantif, that would require that would induce <coughs> another another eight that would induce it's not the minute theater with a fork <laughs> that that would induce <laughs> that would induce another nine keys now we see from here as well that there's a shira for musaf which is not a commonly known fact that on a Shabbos, it's not just the Shir Shalayim of Shabbos. That every carbon Musaf had its own Shir. I don't know if there's a standard Musaf Shir or what? Barchinafshi, which we don't say on Shabbos. That's only Rish Chaydash. In the winter, we say on Shabbos after Mincha. Oh, you are right. Right. Yeah. Um, I go straight to the Shir Shalayim. Um, <laughs> That's because it talks about the cycle of the earth. So we say that in Rish Chedish. It's not particularly for Musaf. So I don't know if all Musafs had one shear, or there's a Musaf for Shabbos, there's a Musaf shear for Yantar, there's Musaf for every occasion. Says the Gemara. So that would be, so on a day, on a standard day, you have nine plus nine plus three. <laughs> on, on a day of Musaf, you have nine plus nine plus nine, which is 27 plus three, which is 30. So on a Shabbos, you would chaparain, so to speak, 30 tekiyas, which is really 10 sets of three. Uber of Shabbos, on Friday, hayu maisifin 
Sheish. They would add six extra true six extra shafers on Friday. What are they? Shalish three, meaning a set. Lahav til esha to tell people Shabbos is coming, like they have now this Yerushalayim, is a takeoff of this Mishnah. The first siren <coughs> is a while before Shkia, to tell you, okay, listen, stop, stop doing Malacha, go home from work now, you know, now it's time to get ready for Shabbos. That would be one set of Tkiyas on Friday. And Veshalish Lahavdu Ben Kaddish Lachayel. Rashi says another set was immediately before, Rashi says, before it got dark. So Rashi did not wade in to the Machlech that's exactly when Shabbos starts. The Shabbos start 18 minutes before Shkia. The Shabbos start 5 minutes before Shkia. The Shabbos start Shkia. The Shabbos start 20 minutes after Shkia. Rashi says when it gets dark. Rashi says at that time they will blow the Tkiyas at the exact moment telling you if you do Malacha after this moment, you get Skila. So that was the second set of Tkiyas on Fridays. <laughs> that is the new. No, no. There's two din. There's two din. There's a, there's a suffix din, and there's din meisifin meichel al kaddish. There's a chiv to be meisif, even if we know exactly when. So we don't know when because we're we have machlekes and we're not sure. But there's also a din. There's also a din of Mesiv Mechael Kaddish. There's a pasuk in Darshan Neif Parak of Yuma. It's not because we don't know the exact moment. We also don't. We also don't. But that's also true. But they, they did. Elyonov is going to come and he's going to tell us do we pass him like Rabbeinu Tam? Do we pass him like the Gainim? I don't mean that. Even whatever is in mind, you hold the exact moment the child no. kicks in. We don't know to the, to the millisecond of what it is. As much as you will the terrible That's why, that's why. No, no, no. We, have a goal. we can give a guy Hasra who gets Kila. Does the Kia count as Hasra? Does what? Does the Kia count as Hasra? No. No. Um, Hasra, you need the guy to understand that he will die. Which is why it's very uncommon. Meaning, and I say, do you know if you turn on that light, we're gonna throw a big rock on you and you're gonna get crushed to death? And he has to say, yes, I know. If I turn on this light, I will get a rock put on me and crushed to death. Okay, and then he has to do it within three seconds. Otherwise, you say he forgot about your asra. Um, <laughs> except if the guy's tamachach, the tamachach doesn't need asra. Um, says the Gemara. So that is, so if you'd have a day of Musa, for instance, it would be Friday Rish Chodesh, we're up to 36. Three for the gates, nine for the Tamachal Shachar, that's 12. Nine for the Tamachal Baraban, that's 21. Nine for the Musaf, that's 30. Three to stop doing work, that's 33. And three to, to tell you when it's time for Skila, that's 36. So that's where we're up to that day. And then, because of what we learned in the last Mishnah, Sukkot, you get all sorts of extra tekiyas. Says the Gemara, Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, on Sukkot, is when you have all the combinations. You know, like in the show, they have like the thing like, Mashavaruach, and like, uh, you know, Meridatal and like the same time, like you know, you have the most things on uh, on Shabbos on Arab Shabbos of Sukkot. You have the most 
possible combinations. How? Like this. Shalosh Lipsicha Sharp. The same three for when they open the gates. Shalosh, another three was Lashar HaElyon. If you remember, they blew when, when they went in the Simchas Beis HaShoeva to the uppermost gate, they blew a set of Tekiyas. That's another three. So we're up to six. Shalosh Lashar Another three when they got to the easternmost gate. So we're up to nine. Shalish Lemilui Hamayim. They blew when they filled the water from the Shiloyach, and that was a Gemara in the fourth parak. So that is 12. Vishalish Al Gabizbech. And when they put the Aravis on the Mizbeach, they blew another set of Tkias. That is 15. So you have 12 extra because of Sukkis. So remember, the best day before was 36. We just added four for different parts of the Simchas Beis HaShoeva. So the 12 that you add to the 36 will give you 48. But this is just continuing the Cheshbon. Nine for the morning carbon Tavim. Another nine for the afternoon Tavim. And another nine for the Musaf because it's Cholomai. And then, and then, so you have all those. And then remember, it's coming up for Arab Shabbos. Shalish lahavtil es amet min hamalacha. Three more to stop people from doing malacha. V'shalish and finally lahavdo bein kaddish lechayel to stop people to tell you now it's time for skila. So the Gemara is going to bring. Hmm, let's stop here. We'll do. I'll do a part. So Parsha starts off. Pinchas ben Alaz and Aaron Akay. Rashi's obviously bothered. Why? Over here, does the Torah need to be miyachis, pinchas, three darts? Usually, we're miyachis someone one dart. You know, pinchas ben Why does it be pinchas ben alaz ben aron So Rashi says, Because the shvatim were being mevazah pinchas. Because what did pinchas just do? Pinchas killed the nasi meisrael. Now, the nasi was doing an immoral act with a shikster. But still, kill a Nazi, who do you think you are? You're acting like a guy. So you're, ah, oh, because you are a guy. Because says, they said, they said, his mother's father, Yisrael, was you're acting like your grandfather. Ah, it's coming out now. It's all coming out. You're acting like a guy. Come and kill a Yiddish Nazi. So the Shvatim were like disparaging Pinchas and saying, I know where this Mida comes from, of just, you know, going nuts and killing somebody. That comes from your Gaish heritage. So therefore, says Rashi, comes the tyrants. Oh, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayin. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron No, he's an Enikl Fanar. It's around the first Rashi in the six parish. And the question that everyone asks is, one time, one time, one time. The problem with the Yichas wasn't on his father's side, it was on his mother's side. So his Avi Imai was, was Aivet Avedizar. So what do you do? Ah, he has a very Hashiv Avi Aviv. The problem with the Yichas was on the mother's side. Comes the Torah to defend him and says, ooh, he has very good Yichas on his father's side. That wasn't the issue in the first place. 
You don't need to shore up that side of the family. You need to shore up this side of the family. So the Mahalach has to be, the answer obviously is, we're not coming to answer his yichas. We're coming to say, no, he is acting like Aaron And therefore, he's not acting like a guy. And don't blame his actions on his maternal grandfather because he's acting like his paternal grandfather. This has nothing to do with his mother's grandfather. This is an act of Aaron And the question is, what did Pinchas do that resembles Aaron So we all know that Aaron Akayin was Ayyiv Shalom Varayiv Shalom. What does it mean, someone who's an Ayyiv Shalom Varayiv Shalom? <coughs> the answer is, we're all Ayyiv Shaloms. You know, if you ask someone, are you in favor of Shalom? Yeah, well, of course I'm in favor of Shalom. You know, Yanka Miller once said, you know, the sons on the Shalom, Mishin Machin Shulam. But, uh, right, you know, you know. Um, but, Everyone loves Shalom. Are you and I? You're a Shalom. You're a Shalom. But do you do anything about it? No. I love Shalom. But like, you know, am I going to sacrifice anything for it? No. Am I going to do anything to enhance it? No. Am I going to chase it down? Am I going to pursue it? No. Aaron doesn't just have great ideas, great feelings, great thoughts. He actually acts on it. He doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. Aaron Akain is not just an Ayyiv Shalom. He doesn't just notice something, wow, that's great, or wow, that's terrible. He actually does something about it. We all see things that need fixing. We all have ideas. You know, I have a great idea how we could fix such and such a communal problem. I have a great idea how we could put in this new program, you know, that has chesed, that has tarot. But most of our ideas remain ideas, and we don't do anything about it. Aaron Akayim was an Ayyiv Shalom, variety of Shalom. In the end of last week's parsha, the Torah says all of Klal Yisrael noticed what Zimri did. And the Torah says everyone was very upset about it. Vehema Baychim Pesach Ayel Everybody was crying. Look what Anasi did. But everyone does like we all do when we see something like, hey, hey, you know, like you see something, oh, that's disgusting, that's terrible. And then like we just go weiter in our life. Pinchas didn't. Pinchas was the one that saw what happened and did something about it. Says the Torah, this is me, this Aaron This is me, this Aaron That when you see something that is ma'ira you, to do something positive or to rectify a negative. Most of us leave it in the planning stages. Wow, I really could fix this. I really have a great idea how to deal with this. And then, like, you know, we get busy with life. Aaron Akayin was an Ayyiv Shalom, Varayiv Shalom. That's what the Torah means. Pinchas ben Allah, ben Aaron Akayin. When he did this, he acted on what everybody else felt. What he's doing is something that is right for Aaron, his grandfather. That's what Pshat Rashi is. And with this, explains the Sasemes why he was rewarded with bris kuhunasailam. Why was being a Kayan the just rewards 
for what Pinchas did. What does one have to do with the other? Many pshatim. Says the Svasemis, you know what the pshat is? This is the pshat. A kaihen takes a Yisrael's feelings and actualizes them. A kaihen takes what's in your heart. A kaihen takes nidvas libai. We all have thoughts. We want to do tshuva. We want to bring a taida to be closer to the Rebbein What does the Kayan do? He takes our thoughts. He takes our emotions. He takes our feelings and makes something real out of them. He makes a carbon out of them. The reward for Pinchas, doing what he did, what did Pinchas do? Pinchas took something from the realm of an emotion to the realm of an action. Acting like Aaron, his grandfather, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron, who was the Ayyav Shalom, and not just the Ayyav Shalom, we're all Ayyav Shalom. He was the right of Shalom. Lachem, Hinani, nice and light. Bris Kunas Eilam. I'm giving him Kahuna because a Kaihem is the one that takes feelings, emotions, and makes actual product out of them. And that is why Pinchas was rewarded with Kahuna. Okay, so so we had a Mishnah. We had a Mishnah that noticed, or is continuing, the topic of the last Mishnah. The topic of the last Mishnah discussed the Simchas Beisashueva, which involved blowing Chatzaitrus and Roshaitrus. And they blew when they. Um, when they came through the Azara, they blew in the 10th step, and they blew at the opening of the Shar, etc., etc., etc. So the Mishnah said, in general, the Beis Hamikdash, the minimum amount of tkiyas you would have during a day is 21. That's a basic day. That was three for the opening of the gates of the Beis Hamikdash, nine for the Tamach al Shachar. And nine for the Tamit Shalbein Harabayim for a grand total of 21. That was a regular Tuesday in the middle of the summer, nothing going on. The maximum. So we added in. Arab Shabbos, for instance, there are three tikkias to stop the people from working, plus another three to tell you when it's absolutely Shabbos. Whenever there's a Musaf. <coughs> There were even more tekiyas, another nine. So for instance, if Friday was a Rishchidosh, or Friday was Chalamayid, so you had a lot of tekiyas, you had nine for the Musaf, brings you up to 30, plus another 36, plus another six for the, for the uh, Malachi issue, so you're up to 36. And then... <coughs> The uh, granddaddies, we threw in 12 relating to Simchat Beis So those 12 could have brought it up to 48 if you have that whole combination. You have a Friday, which gives its own six keys. You have a Musaf, which gives nine extra. And you have Simchat Beis which gives 12 extra. So that was how you would get to 48. So the bottom line is, the keys could vary between 21 and 
<coughs> Says the Gemara, Masnisim Doleik Rabbi Yehuda. Our Mishnah that said between 21 and 48 is not like Rabbi Yehuda. Because Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda has a different number than 21 and 48. But like we pointed out last time, it's not that different. They are multipliers of each other, which means the numbers of Yehuda is going to give is the same numbers of our Tana just divided by three. So they're different, but they're not like totally off. So obviously we're going to have a difference between how to calculate three versus one. So says the Gemara, in the lake of Yehuda, the Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Imer, one who goes low, which means the lowest tally of Tkiyas possible in the base of Megdish, cannot go less than seven, which is a third of 21. So our low in the Mishnah is 21, Rabbi Yehuda's low is seven. And correspondingly, says the Gemara, and when you go high, you cannot add on past Al higher than 16. Once again, 16 is one-third of 48. So we definitely have a machlekes as to how to count them, but we're in the same ballpark. We're not, if one would say 4 and one would say 33, then like we're not talking to each other. You know, we're on different wavelengths. Here, we're saying the same thing, 21 and 48 or 7 and seven and um, 16, it's the same thing, just the question is, do you count each one as one, then you get seven and 16, or do you count each one as three, then you get 21 and 48? Why would you count one as 21, one as three? Says the Gemara as follows. The Maikamifudi, what is the Machalikas? Rabbi Huda Savar, Rabbi Huda holds Kia truat kia achasi. So we said each series consisted of a tkia, a trua, and a final tkia. And everyone agrees, meaning if you would go to the Besamigdash, you would not sense a difference between Rabbi Huda and the Chacham. They would both be doing the same thing, and Rabbi Huda would be nodding his head, and the Chacham would be nodding their head. I was like, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Everyone would be the same happy. But in their minds, they will be thinking different things. Rabbi Huda will be thinking, Tkiya truth, here that's one. So when he has his ticker and he's counting and he's going one, two, three, after every true truth, Tkiya, he's going to count one. So therefore, when he hears the same thing we hear, he hears seven. We heard 21 different sounds, but he hears seven because he thinks Tkiya truth, Tkiya is one. So he says, yeah, there were three blows, but I count them as one. Well, my nafkamina, the only nafkamina, in fact, you're asking a very, very deep question. It's not just my nafkamina, which means it's not even a nafkamina in, in anything else as far as, for instance, how many mitzvahs. Like, for instance, the Rambam paskins like the Chachamim and says that there's still one mitzvah. Nafkamina is for one thing and one thing only. Hefsi. If they're one unit, you cannot make any hefsik in them. 
if they're one unit, there can be absolutely no. We're going to discuss this in two seconds. I guess we have to learn what we have to But we have the same on Rosh Hashanah. we're going to get to Rosh Hashanah in a minute. Rosh Hashanah is really, 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 really complicated because, and we're going to get there in the end, it's very complicated. Meaning, you know, you know, there's always best way to do something, machmer, you yoytze all shittas. You know, in fact, I was here before Shana, there was some paper someone wrote in English that wrote all this down, I saw it in this matter. It's impossible to make everyone happy in, in Tekiah Shefer. I mean, in general, it's impossible to make everyone happy. But it's impossible to satisfy all the shittas in Tekiah Shefer. Some people say, you have to take a breath between Tekiah, Shvarm, Shur, Tekiah, some people say you're not allowed to take a breath. So whatever you do, in other words, you think, I'm going to be like super machmer, I'm going to hold my breath from, from Kiddush till after Musaf. Well, you're going to make other people upset. Some people say you're going to breathe like, you know, they taught you how to breathe in breathing classes, and no, you're going to make other people upset. No one's are been to it's a rush. There's a, Shulchanar has one way to do it, the Bira has another way to do it. There's no way to make everyone happy with Tekiyah. It's based on this. We're going to touch on it, but we're not going to get into the sugya. We should just know for for Shoshana. But do they have a single machmer? I don't. Yes, yes. That's yes, the same point. Yes, yeah, 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 yes, yes. So says the Gemara. Rabbi Huda Savar Tekiyah true Tekiyah Achasi. It's one. Rabbanan Savar no Tekiyah Lachodu true Lachod. They're three separate mitzvahs. So again, we all agree as to the procedure. If we were talking to the Baltic in English, we could tell him what to do. Now, blow a true, blow a tekiya, blow a tekiya, blow a true. The only question is, in your <coughs> counters, if you're counting with your ticker in your hand, how many ticks are you going to count for doing that? One or three per unit. Says the Gemara, my time is over, Yehuda. What is Rabbi Huda's reason? Oh, Markra. Rabbi Huda says, look, it says in the Pasuk, Uskaten, and you will blow, and that's Hashem Tekiah, Trua, a Trua. So you see that included in the Tekiah is a Trua. There's the verb you're doing is a Tekiah. The noun you're doing is a Trua. So Tekiah and Trua is really the same thing. Well, I don't you can't. You can't say, like, it's a shoe, it's a shirt. Pick one. No, you could, because when you talk about Tekiahs, Tekiah, true Tekiah, is one unit, so therefore the Torah is able to use such talk. Uskat, and you'll do the verb of blowing Tekiah. How do you do the verb of blowing Tekiah? By blowing a true. So therefore, you see from this Pasuk that Tekiah and true is really one. So Mara says, no. V'rabonam, ha'hu l'pshuta l'fanehu l'achreu dasa. The Torah is saying, included in a true is a Tekiah before and after. <laughs> you, you show me, yeah, yeah, the Pasuk says you have to blow a tekiah when you're doing a true. I agree. It's not, it's not what it is. A tekiah is a tekiah and a true is a true. A tekiah is not a true plus a tekiah. But the right way to blow a true is with a tekiah before and after. So the Pasuk makes sense to me, but it's not saying the same thing like you're reading the Pasuk. You're reading the Pasuk, saying the same thing. Uskatem, how do you blow a tekiah? True, by blowing true. No, 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 that's not how to read the Pasuk. Uskatem. You have to blow a tekiah before trua, before you blow a trua. Of course it's associated. So I'm not scared of that pasik, says the Chachamim. I know they're different, then the pasik still talks like that. 
says the Gemara, Vrabona Matamai, where the Rabbana know it? The Chsiv, it said in the parish a few weeks ago, Uvahakil es hakohol, when you want to assemble the people, Hashem was telling Moshe how to use the Chatzoritzus. So you use the Chatzoritzus, you blow this many sounds is for this, and this many sounds is for this. When you want to stam, assemble the people, like Rabbi Sai, it's time for a meeting. You know, how do you get everyone in one place for a meeting? When you want to assemble the cow, blow it ki not a true. So now says the Chacham Bisak the Daitach to Kiyotra Achasi. According to your Yehuda, they're indivisible. You can't break them up. The Torah here, according to you, Rabbi Yehuda, is demanding a half an action. According to you, Rabbi Yehuda, every Tkia is attached to a Trua, and a Trua is attached to Kia. So why would the Torah demand a half an action? There's no such action in the world that the Torah is demanding over here. The Torah is demanding a half an action. says, If you say Tkia Trua is really one unit, indivisible, would the Torah say, do half a mitzvah, and don't do half a mitzvah? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yudas says, you're right. You're right. The Torah is demanding over there a very odd thing. It's demanding a half a mitzvah, which is very odd. You know why? Because it's a non-event. When you're dealing with a non-event, you can have a non-mitzvah. You know what we do now for that? That's what we do. So what is that? It's nothing. It's a sim. Like, you know, when the rabbi wants to get everyone to be quiet, he slaps on the bima. You know, when the principal gets mad, well, you know, he slaps on the bima a little bit. You know, the little child. He gets very scared. That's a non-event. It's a non-event. So a non-event gets a non-mitzvah. says, you know, I'm not scared of that. Really, you're, whenever there's a mitzvah, the truth, the is one unit. You want to know why the Torah is demanding a tekiya not a true over there? Because it's a non-event. It's to get everyone's attention. You know, <coughs> that's what you do on the microphone. You get the same result. That's just a sign that, you know, you want people to stop talking and listen to you. Samara says, yeah, Rabban, it's simda, but you're right. All it is is a sign. Attend your attention, please. But the Torah made it into a mitzvah by doing something that is a mitzvah, i.e. a tekiah without a trua, so you see we're right. You see that there is such a unit of a tekiah, not a trua. A mitzvah of getting people's attention? No, the, I'm only going to have to get the people's attention. <coughs> so you can either do it by, like, you know, like slamming the bima, or you can do it by a mitzvah. Use a mitzvah. The Torah is giving you an opportunity to do an extra mitzvah. Do a mitzvah of tekiah. You see that that's how a mitzvah of tekiah is done. That's how you see it? Yeah, yeah, that's their proof. Meaning, so you could also get somebody's attention by doing Tkiya through Yeah, yeah, but this time, the Torah is saying, since according to the Chachamim, not every Tkiya is attached to a Trua, it's giving you a full mitzvah of Tkiya without Trua. Now, here's where it comes to a head, though. Kiman Azla. Okay, so we have two ways of looking at this, which means, like we said, everyone agrees what happened. What happened was each set of tkiyas was a tkiyah, true tkiyah. Everyone agrees that that's what happened. 
The question over here is how to look at that. Rabbi Yudah looks at that as one unit, therefore he gets numbers like 7 and 16. The Chachamim look at that like three units, and therefore they get numbers like 21 and 48. So, in that light, who is the author of the following statement? Kiman Azla Hadam of Kahana. Like which one of those Tushitis does Rav Kahana align with? Ein Bain Tkia Lechua Velaiklo. Says the Halacha, when blowing a Tkia and a Trua, you cannot pause between them at all. Velaiklo, at all. Says Gemara, why is it so important that you can't pause between the Tkia and the Trua at all? Why can't, you know, <laughs> do it, give, me a, give me a second, let me catch my breath, let me pause. I don't have to do it so fast. Why would there be this requirement to do the Tkia and the Trua mamish next to each other? Says the Gemara, come on, Kribihuda. That's Kribihuda's sheet. Because Kribihuda holds its one mitzvah. So anytime there's one mitzvah, you can't pause in the middle of a mitzvah. You can't eat half a kezayas of your matzah, take a break, have like a drink, and then come back and eat the other half of your matzah. You can't let half of your Hanukkah neris go out, have a schmooze, and light the other half of your Hanukkah neris. Whenever you're involved in one action, you have to do it mamish continuously. So the Gemara is saying, this requirement, that there can be no pause between any key and true, even on Rosh Hashanah, this requirement that there be no pause between a Tiki and a Trua is classic Shittas Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda holds, since they're one unit, it's indivisible, and therefore to make a hefsik in the middle of it would be to passel it. You read the last Rashi, the little point, like, what does a breath have to do with hefsik? Like, uh, what does that mean? Um, so, so Rashi is aligning himself with the Shittas that a breath is not even a loy you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, which I'm not asking you to be Superman or like a Navy SEAL and be able to hold your breath for four minutes and 25 seconds. But, but... Don't, 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 don't talk, don't... Right, yeah, don't talk, break, and, and, don't, and don't stop to go... Like, you know, like, you know, like that, but like, you know, to like, you know, put, you know, to like, you know, take in some air. There's so, some views you said before. Yeah, so, now, so some people learn from there that you have to do that. Otherwise, it's one more key. Because everyone agrees it's not contiguous. So the shaila is, how do you pause by not, with not pausing? Do you mind walking a tiger? that you have to. Mm-hmm. It's an optional. Right, so the question is how far to take it. So a lot of sheep this hold you have to breathe. And a lot of sheep this hold you can't breathe. You can't make, you can't make everyone happy when you blow tekiyah some roshan. Now some bali tekiyah or some, uh, you're, you're about there. Yeah. So some, some Bali Tkia do both. Then, like, you're guaranteed not to have 100 colors like anybody. Some Bali Tkia's Dafka don't do both. Some, like, you know, like, now you're getting, like, uh, brisket types, do a whole nother one with the other one. So, you know, you know like, they do 100 with no, um, have, with no breathing, and then they do 100 with breathing. But then they do the 100 Utus and then the 100 Tus. Then you're getting like the 600 tier range. Um, but late, it makes them happy, you know? So, what, what else are they doing? You know, like, because of that. So, says the Gemara like this Come on, Kributa. That's Kributa. The Pshita. Of course. I mean, like, who else 
would answer a break between he and true. They're separate mitzvahs. Of course it's Rabbi Yehuda who holds it's one big mitzvah. Of course, I, I could have figured that out on my own. You don't have to tell me that. So says, no. Mao de Tema. I may think I feel Karabana. It's even like Karabana that they're separate mitzvahs, but there's a third shita out there. There's a Yechanan shita that holds not only are you able to take a break, a moderate break between a tki and a trua, you could take a massive break between a tkiah and a trua. You could take an hour break between a tkiah and a trua. Says If you hear nine tkiahs, which is the minimum dairaisa, if you hear your nine tkiahs over nine hours, at 8 a.m. you hear one, 9 a.m. two, 10 a.m. three, etc. throughout the day, you're yaitz. Nine singles and 27. Um, nine singles. I mean, tkiah, trua, tkiah, tkiah, shwarm, trua, and tkiah, shwarm, trua, tkiah. Not in that order. That's nine. We call that ten. If you, if you want to count up the hundred, you only get a hundred because we count Shwarm Shura as two. If you count, like Rashi does as one, that nine tekiyas, you'll never get a hundred. I mean, unless you do that. Um, so says the Gemara, so Rabbi Yechonet says, you're Kamash one. Maybe this halacha of that says you can't break is not coming to tell me Rabbi Yehuda's sheet that they mamish have to be attached to each other. It's really coming to tell me the Rabbanon's shita, and just not as radical as Rabbi Yechanan. Meaning there's space in the middle. There's three levels. You could go Rabbi Yehuda that there's absolutely no break. You could go Chachamim that there's a break, but nothing crazy. Maybe, maybe a minute, maybe half a minute. And then there's Rabbi Yechanan who says you can take an hour between Tkiyas. So says the Gemara, when you, tell, when you told me that Rabbi Kahan is Rabbi Hudashita, that there's absolutely no break, that's a Chiddush. Because maybe Rabbi Kahan is in the Rabbanan and just come and say, don't do like Rabbi Yechanan. Says the Gemara, maybe, maybe that's what he's saying. Ema Chinami, no, he came out of the Lake Klum. Look at Rabbi Chizda's Lashen. Rabbi Chizda's Lashen wasn't, you can take a moderate break. Rabbi Chizda's Lashen was, you can take absolutely no break between Tki and Trua. That is only Rabbi Huda, and it's not the Chachamim, even if you don't go like Rabbi Yechanan, who's totally radical, since so you can take an hour, even if you go like the standard Chachamim, that you can take a minute break, that's not even saying that. Because that, Rabbi Chista didn't say you could take a moderate break. Rabbi Chista said you can't take anything you can't take even a one second break. That is strictly Rabbi Huda's shita and not the Chachamim shita at all. Where do you ever find that Nishima is considered a hafsik? It's not. Oh, well, um. Where are they? I mean, does it even have to pay an idea that it's a hafsik? Um. Why would it be a hafsik? Um. That's, that's the das of a lot of Pais Um. The, um, the, the other opinion is. Shtick Rabbi Huda. And then they eat. I mean, that's the only but they even, the yeah, because, because that's not a mitzvah that involves breathing. Which means, which means, let me ask a question. In a tkia, would a neshima ruin it? This yes. is not the breathing of in, in, in a tkia, would a ruin it? Yes. Okay. So if the trua is a chalik of the tkia, then you can understand why breathing would ruin it just like it would ruin within one tkia. 
when you say the Nishima at the key, it's referring with end of the key. Itself. Yeah, this is good. Do, do, and then you because finish the key. Oh. So let's say the true is part of it. Let's say it should be one, like do, 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 do. So then when, so when you're counting, like you said earlier, you're counting the hundred, you're counting the Sharma True as two, that doesn't make sense. Right, well, we don't, we don't believe, breathe between Sharm True. Right, no, right. But so no, so, so the um, so so that is one, and you don't breathe because we want it to be one. Yet we can't, but it's two. It's two kailas. That's not the whole question of what is from what. Right, right, right. But no, it still counts as two kailas, even though it's not counted as two blocks. Why is something that's could be could get physically demanding or sort of impossible to keep up that pace? Seems like the logical halacha. It could be done. I'm saying, like, I what the is on these, guys in the B, these guys in the BSO, you know, they know how to blow trombone for 10 yeah, years. I'm saying, but you have all these, I don't know, I'm just asking a stumb question. It just seems like the No, Bob Kerry has to be a talented guy. It's not for everyone. Look, just like Bob Kerry has to be a talented guy. It's not for everyone. <laughs> if you had, if, if you had to, you to do a Sarah Spinning Hum on every every <laughs> pair, Right past that, he went and he told him that he starts with Shkaydish Thomas with 300 Kailas. That's it, to build himself up. That's practicing where Shkaydish Thomas. 300 Kailas. It's like they waited back. But like, <laughs> and also, when we, uh, I had enough 300 Kailas. Sometimes when the, the, the Balmachri makes the Baltakeya start from the beginning of the line versus yeah, finishing yeah, yeah. the notes, right? How does that. Because the same thing, because the. Shvaram Trua is telling the key, and if you ruin Shvaram Trua, the Tekiah is like left hand, so you have to start again the whole line. But not only Shvaram Trua sometimes, sometimes. Right, 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 whatever the middle one is, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Depends if it's really bad, not so really bad. Depends who your macro is. You know, like most people don't. You know, you vary for a macro. But I don't know if I'm from a He's a pretty firm guy. But, uh, like, I don't remember going back. Not always, but I don't know. It's, I feel like the early year was like insane. So when they had the shul, the big democracy. So I said, oh, what about the. Yeah. What, what, what about everybody? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hazar um, Viper. Cancer Go Viper. Says the Gemara. Um, so we said the maximum number the maximum number of tekiyas that you can have in the base of English, in, at least as far as our mission is concerned, 48. It's how do you get 48? Three for the opening of the gates, nine for the Talmud Shell. Shachar, nine for the Talmud Shell. That's your standard 21. You add on three for stopping the people from work, and three for Shabbos, that's another six, you're up to 27. You add on another nine for Musaf, that is 36. And then you added 12, you added 12 more for, for the, um, all the processions of the Simchas Beis HaShoeva. These now, all have to be done without the Mashiach? Just like a reminder of the Erev Shabbos. No, it depends if you go like a Yehudah or not. It's just oh, someone asked, someone asked that. But the one for Erev Shabbos is Zichr, not Mashiach. Yeah, in the Hanami. 
Rebuta still counts it as one. Someone asked that. I forgot who. Not Dar Chonar. You should just know, Mr. Sam. Well, I gave him the covers tomorrow because that was only the third and fourth. I think it'll be the other one there. I haven't seen the covers tomorrow in a while. You're right. Because <laughs> I'll look one up tomorrow. Um, they're all long. So, anyway, says the Of the 12 that you said for the Semchus Pesachreva related items, you forgot the one on the 10th step, which we discussed last week. Says the Gemara, V'ilu l'mala siris le'katoni. You didn't say anything about the 10th step, which means you could have gotten to 51. Where it says, Masnis, the minor of Lozer ben Yankif, the author of our mission is Lozer ben Yankif, the Tanya, Shalish Lamaila Siris, the Tanakama says, we blew, ten, we blew a set of keys on the 10th step. Lozer ben Yankif, Aymer, Shalish Lagabi Mizbech. He's the one that said three on the Mizbech. And if you'll notice, no one ever says both, which means there's a maximum 48. The question is where you put those three. Are they on top of the Mizbeach? Or are they by the 10th step? Ha'oymer, the one who says, Lamayla Siris, the 10th step, Ha'oymer, Al-Gabi Mizbeach, doesn't say the one on top of the Mizbeach. Ha'oymer, Al-Gabi Siris, doesn't say Lamayla Siris. Samara says, my time with Rebbe Lozim So what is Rebbe Lozim reason that he eschews, he ditches the tkiyas on the tenth step? Says, Mark, came in the talk of what you just blew as you left the gates that led to these steps. So after five steps, you should blow again? L'mal asir slamali detalka. Why do I need to blow again there? I love sharu. It's nothing special. It's not a new gate. You just blew in a gate, and you're blowing every single shower. All of a sudden, you blow an extra on the tenth step. Why? What is that? It's not special. Therefore, I'd rather have you blow when you go on top of the Mizbeach. No, you anyway blow on top of the Mizbeach for when you pour the wine. The, the Nesachim, the nine that come with the Tamid, is when you do the pouring. So there's anyway nine Tekiyas when you pour on top of the Mizbeach. Rabbanan Savri came in the Taka. Since you blow the milu hamayim, when you fill the water, when you fill up the water, I'll give mizbech. Lomeli, why do you? And why do you have to blow again when you're on top of the mizbech? Hilkach lemaylas yirsadif. Therefore, I say the tenth step is adif. So the gemara emerges with forty-eight intact, and it depends on your shita if you hold three R on top of the mizbech or three are by the 10th step, but 48 remains intact. And yes, our list in our Mishnah didn't include the Malasiris, because it's Rebbe Lazar The last Mishnah said, we do blow on the Malasiris, because it wasn't Rebbe Lazar So there is a Machlegas as to where these three are, but everyone can agree on 48.